I'm sorry, I can't stop, but I just got finally like good um, monitoring headphones, which means like you can hear yourself. And now I'm pretending that I'm in a sound booth at a recording studio. And so even though I know that I need to do this, this is like my 20th take because I keep hearing my voice and then I get really excited and I'm like, yeah, yeah, what you want to say. But then I just figured maybe I should just include it because I'm like really ADD right now and I can't stop. Um pretending that I am some weird in between of Linkin Park, Billy Ray Cyrus, Tina Turner, and Elvis Presley. Okay, let me be serious for a second. Um, My scent of the day today is kerosene unknown pleasures. Like literally, these are pleasures unknown. Take me to church. I love this. I'm smelling it right now. It's so lemony and sweet. I get lemon balanced with these amazing warm notes of coconut. I feel like there's a little bit of caramel in there too. I'm gonna look up the notes, hold on. By the way, when I first joined Fragrantica, I couldn't stop saying Fragrantica. I don't know why, but like Fragrantica just was not intuitive to me. That is neither here nor there. Okay, so the notes are lemon, caramel, vanilla, pedigrain, bergamot, honey, and tonka. And my God, it smells like all of those things. This is definitely just like a beautiful gourmand. You know, it's really interesting. So I actually got this a while ago um, in a bundle of like a lot of other things in a package. This one I liked, but it didn't stand out to me. I kind of put it to the side and I've recently been revisiting some of my fragrances that were like likes, but not loves. I am really happy wearing this. I think I put this one to the side because it was so realistic. It's such a true gourmand and it actually smells like some sort of like lemon cake that is soaked in like a caramel drizzle. And I was like going back and forth about whether or not I wanted to smell so realistic. But now a few months removed from it, I am very happy. My perfume juice today goes to all of you um, and this is a rave. You guys, I woke up yesterday and I had hit 80,000 followers on TikTok and it's still growing. I, God, I don't even know what to say. Before the pandemic, I was doing stand up, and if I played a really packed room, it could maybe be like 100 people. And it just, it blows my mind how many people I've been able to reach and help and educate and have fun conversations with about fragrance. I'll tell you like another little anecdote. Um, If you are my cousin, Audrey, listening to this, hi, Audrey. Um, But so for the Jewish holiday last week, we went to my cousin's house. We haven't really been able to do any get togethers, you know, with everything going on. And this was like our first one. Don't worry, it was still a small intimate gathering. But you know, when you like people in your family are like, oh yeah, like you're, I love everything you're doing, but you don't know if they actually like listen or they're just being polite. Audrey took me to her bedroom and pulled out all the samples that she's ordered from watching my videos and listening to the podcast. And she pulled out Gris Charnel and Angel Share and Jus de Po. And it just, it made me realize how many people like her there are that I don't know who I've, you know, that I've impacted that you've tried something and it's become your new signature scent or made you really happy or brightened up something about your day. 
And I think you'll see in today's episode that that's kind of what we talk about. Like perfume is really, you know, fragrance in general is really something that can be uplifting and can be a form of aromatherapy. You don't need to use a lavender essential oil to be calmed by a fragrance, which I cannot wait for you guys to hear all about in this episode. But um, thank you for letting me be part of your of your lives in this way. It really, it, it means so much to me. Today's guest is really, really interesting, and it was a great conversation. We have Froca Gallia, who is the founder of Falk Aromatherapy. Froca is a trained aromatherapist with a background in the fragrance industry. No, she is not a doTERRA salesperson or part of any multi-level marketing scheme trying to tell you about how bergamot will change your life. In fact, quite the contrary. Froca helps people incorporate scent into their wellness routine, and she also specializes in smell training. She works with clients who have anosmia, whether it's temporary or it's congenital, and helps them learn to smell. With so many people's sense of smell being taken from them or altered in some horrible way, which we actually talk about in this episode, due to COVID, I know this is a topic that has impacted a lot of you guys. I think you're really going to get a lot from this conversation. And here's Froka. Froka, welcome to the Perfume Room. We are so delighted to have you today. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be on. For everyone listening, Froka is a professional aromatherapist. We are going to dive into exactly what that means in a minute or so. But Froka, I always start off every episode asking, what are you currently wearing? Do you have any sort of signature scent? And is there anything about fragrance in general that you have a controversial opinion on? Wow. Those it's are light topics. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have a signature scent. Mm-hmm. But what I love wearing right now are two, I kind of rotate between two scents. One of them is um, from Christopher Laramiel. It's called mm-hmm. Everlasting from the zoo. Mm-hmm. Not okay. sure if you're familiar with it. I, I recently smelled the zoo. I haven't smelled Everlasting, but I was in a b- boutique and I experienced some of the other fragrances for the first time. It's really lovely. I think just because it brought out a really strong scent memory for me, from my uncle who loved to smoke a pipe. Mm-hmm. And the description of the scent is not even anything related to pipe or tobacco or any of that, but that's what comes through for me. And I just love wearing it. it. Kind of brings back those memories of spending time with him and watching him prepare his pipe. Yeah, <laughs> so, I love that smell. It's a great smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fresh tobacco. Um, and then what else? And then the other one that I wear a lot is um, Maya Day. Are you familiar with that one? It's no. from Raymond Matz. So he's got a line of perfumes. So, so I work with both of these guys. So I, oh, cool. I'm, I'm very partial to these fragrances. Right. But <laughs> what does that one smell like? It's kind of a, it's got a really wonderful linden blossom note. So it's a floral, fresh okay. floral, uh, really, really beautiful scent. And do you have any um, fragrance hot takes or controversial opinions? And this could be about scent in general too. <laughs> about scent and about fragrance. Or, no, I just, I just want it to be more accessible to people. And I don't want there to be such a veil of secrecy 
behind scent is, I guess, is all I could say about that. I mean, no, it's definitely feels like an industry that um, you just don't get a peek behind the curtain. And mm-hmm. that's definitely something I wanted to talk to you today about because that's a, your entire mission as an aromatherapist. What exactly, you know, we hear the phrase aromatherapy thrown around almost as much as you hear other words like self-care, yes. mindfulness, aromatherapy, but to speak to an actual aromatherapist, what <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, aromatherapy is a totally overused word. It's a word that us aromatherapists have to constantly remind people means more than just, oh, lavender makes you relaxed. You know, it's just, it's been very, it's made to be a generic term and it's been really annoying for me, Mm -hmm. but um, I have to let you know that I've, I worked in and around the fragrance industry for 20 years. So I actually started in the fragrance industry and I worked for um, Furmanish, one of the fragrance houses. I don't know if you're familiar with Furmanish, but I worked them for a long time. And then I also worked for a lot of companies that um, created everyday products that you use. Mm-hmm. I worked for Jane Jay and for Unilever. So suave, lots of shampoos, deodorants, everything that you probably have somewhere in your bathroom. But mm-hmm. the reason I bring that up in the context of aromatherapy is because when I was working on those brands, it was always being, you know, there was this huge phase in the nineties where the brands like everyday body washes would, would put the word aromatherapy on the, <laughs> on the bottle Right. Just like have the lavender scent or have the uh, citrus scent. And and the right. word became generic and kind of in everybody's home. And when I actually trained to become a certified aromatherapist, that's when you realize that it's so much more than just those basic words. Mm-hmm. And I think what I'd want your listeners to understand is if you can, and you're really interested in the field, at least try to understand what different scents can mean because they they have a physical aspect to them and an emotional aspect to them. It's very holistic. So it's not just lavender relaxes you. It doesn't relax a lot of people because smelling is really personal and some people have a really bad relationship with lavender. So I'm one of them. See, because I mean, I do a lot of, I used to, before COVID, I used to do a lot of workshop in-person workshops here in the Bay area and always at least four or five people in the workshop would be like, oh, I can't stand the smell of lavender. Mm-hmm. And you're one of them. That's really interesting. Yeah. See, so yeah. I, that's, that reassures me that smelling is really personal and you need to treat what you use and, and any essential oils. If you're interested in that kind of stuff, make sure you really respond to it really well. Cause it's not going to help you. It's not going to support you if you don't respond well to it. Right. It's like lavender can't be a catch all for calming people. If that is a set, like my, my personal background with lavender is that mm-hmm. when I was like 10 years old, I went to like some farmer's market with my mom and someone was selling those little like butter. Why am I, why is the word escaping me? It was like a little case of like a buttered perfume, but obviously not butter, the word, like a, <laughs> okay. like a perfume bomb. Like, and I remember I was so excited and I like put it all over me and I broke mm-hmm. out in hives. And ever since then, I associate lavender with hives and the smell makes me itchy. I can't wear lavender and I can't smell lavender and it doesn't calm me and I don't want my room to smell like it and I don't want my skin to smell like it. There you go. And you probably don't like any lavender in your perfume. If you, if you get a hint if I of smell it. a lavender perfume, it's like, I mean, I can appreciate like objectively, like this is a lovely lavender fragrance, but you're not going to catch me personally wearing right. a lavender fragrance. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's really interesting. You were talking about the experience of perfume as like the physical experience and the emotional experience. And 
I kind of wanted to get with you about who are the types of people, who are your clients that you work with? You know, I know that aromatherapy too, from my limited understanding has to do with like smell training and, and people who maybe have a hindered sense of smell, sort of like understanding fragrance. So there's a lot to unpack there. So aromatherapy is a broad field mm -hmm. related to using essential oils to support you in lots of different ways. And I teach aromatherapy for those who can smell, but then I also work to do smell training for those who cannot smell. Now you can, if you really trained yourself in aromatherapy and got certified, you could use essential oils without having the ability to smell because they do have physical properties where they do things, but you have to train yourself, you know, learn mm -hmm. the dosage and all the right ways of using it. So you could use it on your body. So I don't recommend for those of you listening who might not be able to smell to just nearly really use essential oils. They're, they're mostly supportive for those who can't smell, right? Because it has mm -hmm. an effect. It's aroma therapy. So it's a broad spectrum. I work with those who can smell and I try to help them with a lot of it is emotional to help them with emotional things. And I help the community that can't smell that lost their ability to smell, help to try to get them to regain their sense of smell. So is aromatherapy for people who can smell more of a form of, this is another way to calm yourself. This is a way to exactly. alleviate anxiety. Got yes. it. It's a support. It's a support. It's not medicine, right? So it's right, not right. going to replace any medical condition you might have. It's, you know, people might still want to use a headache tablet, but it's really there to support you on a daily basis. And I like to treat it as something that you could incorporate because we like to eat healthy right? Mm -hmm. We like to jog. We like to do right. some form of exercise. We like to listen to music to calm us down. We might read something. So we're mm -hmm. using our other senses, mm -hmm. but people forget to use their sense of smell as right. a way to support their well-being too. So that's my whole goal. I'm really focused on our sense of smell. Mm -hmm. If you, I mean, I know you've been uh, following me, but that's what I try to get people to think about is their sense of smell so much more because we're such a visual and oral society. Right. We're, we're quick to, you know, listen to it. Nothing wrong with podcasts. You and I both have yeah, a podcast, I, but <laughs> um, listening and, um, and visually seeing things or meditating, all that stuff is good, but you have this nose, this beautiful nose right. and this beautiful sense of smell together with your brain where you can really help yourself. And I know you do a lot with fragrance, right? And I mm -hmm. think the reason people are drawn to fragrance is because it makes them feel good. It makes right. them feel something. And that's emotional and that's supportive and that's well-being. Just right. wearing a perfume that makes you feel good is good for your well-being. It's a form of aromatherapy, actually. Right. And it also the positive memories, you know, I get messages all the time of people who say this perfume, regardless of whether they like the perfume or not, they're like, this is what my grandmother wore and I smell it. I mean, like my, my grandmother personally wore Giorgio, which I know is like a highly debated fragrance um, and not liked by many, but I will always love the smell because I will always have a positive yeah. association with it. Yeah. And you know, it was a popular scent back in the day and right. she probably wears it because it reminds her of her youth. <laughs> you right. I mean? Exactly. Right. Yeah. It, it's not an old lady scent when the people who no. wore it didn't start wearing it as old ladies. Exactly. I, also just, I also don't believe in old lady scents. I think that that's just like, I, I have many issues with that. Appreciate that as an older person. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so in aromatherapy, is there, is there anything that you can share with our listeners of like something they can do at home? So an easy thing to do is to try to figure out what smells in your everyday life like when you get up in the morning, is it the smell of your coffee? You know, like I like to have people use their everyday things around them mm -hmm. to start 
like more consciously, actively thinking about how those aromas make them feel. So when you get mm-hmm. up in the morning, when you take a shower, you're obviously gravitating towards body washes or soaps or, or right. shampoos that have a good smell, right? You're not right. going to use something that smells bad. <laughs> so you can already have, and, and I don't know if you're anything like me, but do you, when you take a shower, depending on what time of day you take a shower, do you have a couple of different body washes or soaps that you gravitate towards depending on your mood? Yeah. I mean, my, my bath products are borderline hoarding and I just like (laughs) think about like, what do I want to smell like today? And it ranges from like unscented, like nothing, you know, like a, a CeraVe, 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 I think it's CeraVe. I don't know. But like, you know, an unscented that to like the most like rose, amber, blah, blah, blah. Like it's, it's everything. Yeah. So yeah. Or after I work out, I like to feel really refreshed. Like I've, you know, cleansed. So it's, you know, I have a really uplifting or citrus or I don't know, something really refreshing. And then sometimes when I'm just tired, you know, like I just need to come down at the end of the day, I'll have something that's a little bit more calming or a little bit more woody Mm -hmm. or, you know, just something that's more calming. And it doesn't even have to, you don't have to describe it as woody or this and that. It's just Mm -hmm. whatever it makes you feel. So think about that the next time you get in your shower, think about why am I drawn to this one that I'm using right now? Is it because I want to feel a certain, I'm feeling a certain way, but I want right. the scent to get me to a different place right? to shift my mood. So right. those are the kind of everyday things I want people to think about, not just always essential oils. I mean, they're nice, but how about the coffee, the foods that you're eating, you know, engage with the aromas of, of when you're cooking, um, right. what are the spices like the herbs? Do you like certain teas? I don't know, mm-hmm. things like that. So, so I have this, um, free resource on my website and not to plug, apologize, plug it. but it's just really <laughs> easy. To, so on my website, falcoromatherapy.com, I have something, a free resource called an aroma kit. And it's exactly what I'm just describing. It takes you through different exercises you can do mm-hmm. just to engage with your sense of smell, to, to kind of figure out what can support you and how it can help you shift your mood and feel better. So wow. that's a really great free resource if any of your listeners are interested in. It's interesting too, you talked about coffee because a lot of my guests, you know, we I do I talk about smell associations a lot and what do you smell with your youth or your family and coffee inevitably comes up all the time. Yes. I think it's a scent. I think we all have our minds on, on scents like lavender and yuzu and bergamot, but household things that just evoke like readiness or comfort or family, like coffee are such comforting scents. So you mentioned that this whole concept of scent memories, that's a huge thing I work with as well uh, with people. And again, another free resource available on my website, Mm because I want people to engage with these things. So I just offer it for free, but it's a worksheet to kind of discover your scent memories. So your scent memories are built in the first 10 years of your life. Mm -hmm. And we don't think about the first 10 years of our life very much, right? Because right. we don't remember what we're like when we were three, four, five. But right. that's when your sense of smell is imprinting all of the odors in your brain. So there's these exercises that I have you do on your own first. Great to invite parents if you have parents that might be interested in doing this with you because they're mm-hmm. going to remember your first 10 years a lot better than you will probably. So I've asked my mom, I'm like, what did we have in our backyard? Why do I love the smell of apple so much? Mm-hmm. Well, we had an apple orchard in our backyard. We had apple trees, nice. we had pear wow. trees. And I didn't yeah. even know this. I never even wow. thought to ask my parents. I'm like, I don't remember. We moved when I was six. So I didn't right. really think much about the first six years of my life. 
but those were so formative. And that's why I love the smell of apple. And it's because of these apples that we had that were dropped on the ground. If my brother and I played in the backyard, there were inevitably going to be apples around. And I just, that scent was always there. So it's a really great exercise to do is think about your first 10 years. Wow. So with that, I mean, you're talking about apples and pears and obviously the tobacco pipe. Are there other scents for you that are really strong childhood scent memories? So I was born in Germany and I moved, that's why I have such a German name, Frauke. um, I moved to the U.S. when I was six to Chicago. And I vividly remember when I was six years old, we landed at O'Hare Airport. And I remember the smell of the exhaust. Like we came, this is in the 70s. So in Mm -hmm. the 70s, none of the cars had, (laughs) you know, smog regulation. There were a lot of really bad smelling cars. I just remember standing outside waiting for whoever was going to pick us up and take us to wherever. But I just remember standing there, my first impression of the U.S. landing and this, the heat, because it it was pretty hot. It was in April, but it was still a pretty Mm -hmm. warm day and just the smog and the the exhaust from the car. So that's a scent memory for me too. Wow. Does that elicit like a positive memory if you smell like the smell of like an exhaust or smog or? I don't know if it's good or bad. It just takes me immediately back. It takes you back. Arriving in the U.S. Right. So, okay. We were talking about specific memories that conjure up specific happy memories and associations and how lavender is kind of mistakenly, you know, described as this sort of catch-all calming scent. Are there certain essential oils that you do feel strongly about of like in general, you know, minus specific aversions, like this is a note or an ingredient that's really good for anxiety, or this is really good for waking up, or this is really like anything like that. So I, I really, really want us to, and it's nothing against what you're just saying now, but I really want us to move away from these generalizations. Right. No, I mean, that's why I want to have this conversation yes, with yes, you. Because yeah, yeah. It's everybody's doing it. It's what's on the internet when you get something quick and somebody's writing an article and they're just saying, oh, this lifts you up. Or I mean, I'm guilty right. of it because I worked in the industry where I, you know, where perfumers put in lavender, but it's, it was only a hint of lavender, right? It's just right. enough to for regulation to allow you to say this is a lavender scent. So it's not going to do anything for you as such. So I want you to think about what you need personally. So if you're feeling stressed and you Mm -hmm. want to be calm, I want you to tap into everyday things that you smell. And I, if you have essential oils, if you're already diffusing essential oils, Mm -hmm. you're probably buying things based on what you think you already know smells good. Right. Right. If you like sandalwood, if you like something earthy, you know, patchouli, sandalwood, if you're into incense, I don't know, then Mm -hmm. you're going to already be drawn to those kind of essential oils and they probably calm you down or else you wouldn't buy them. Or if you bought them and you're like, Oh, I don't like the smell of this. You probably get rid of it. So you're already, you already have your essential oils that, you know, intuitively do things for you. So I want Mm -hmm. you to work with your intuition and I want you to work with what you feel you respond to best. It's as simple as that. Right. I want you to think about you, the person, when somebody says, oh my God, this blend. I'm also not a huge fan of blends. It's a great way to start. I really encourage people to, if they're really interested in the subject, not even to get certified, but to just start with single essential oils and practice blending them. It's almost like perfumery, right? Right, right. Perfumery without getting elaborate about perfumes that have 50 plus ingredients in them. Right. You can start really simply through aromatherapy by blending 
individual essential oils together and seeing how those combinations work. Yeah. Okay. I feel like we've debunked a huge myth right now. I feel like <laughs> you heard it first. Like I, I just feel like, um, yeah, like people just assume there are certain notes you read about, like you must have this note for this healing property. And to me, as we mentioned earlier and just now, like it just kind of seems like a load of BS because it's like you might not have a good association with it or like something really pungent might be really calming for you. It's all... So yeah, if I could just add to that, because yes, please. There's, that's very much the emotional and how you respond to an order. There is a physical aspect to it that if you, you know, learn about aromatherapy, you learn that there are components, constituents in an essential oil, like mm -hmm. lavender, for example. It has linalool and linalool acetate are the main components in lavender, mm -hmm. and those two have been scientifically studied. Those components to be calming and to do this and that, you know, like to, to right. relieve anxiety. So there is more and more scientific evidence now supporting that certain components in different essential oils, mm -hmm. bergamot has linalool and linalool acetate in it too. So a lot of mm -hmm. people like to combine bergamot with lavender mm -hmm. to get more calmness, more anxiety relieving components. So I'm not saying that an essential oil doesn't do certain things, but mm -hmm. you're going to have to dose it at the right amount and safely. <laughs> and, and and to feel and to um, use the right application in order to get those benefits. I don't want you to just go like through some magazine glossy headline <laughs> that mm -hmm. says lavender helps helps you sleep. So yeah. those are kind of the two things to keep in mind. At my old job, there was like some, you know, self-care wellness day that was like sponsored by HR and they mm -hmm. had a lot of different vendors come and one of the vendors was doTERRA and it was just like this woman being like, you need this because this will calm you. You need this because you're anxious. This is for depression. I mix this and this when I feel depressed and sad, but when I want to wake up, I wear this and I was just like smelling them and I'm like... I am not the type of person that's ever just going to like put a lavender on my body. Like, I don't know. It just feels like a crock of crap. <laughs> <laughs> you have to remember where, I mean, okay, I'm going to say something controversial here, Go but off. these multi-level <laughs> marketing companies, doTERRA yes. and Young Living, and maybe there are people who are doing it. Mm -hmm. I don't fault them. I think they're trying to do something good. They want to support themselves. They like to use natural mm -hmm. oils, but they're also being told they have to sell a certain amount. Mm -hmm. And they're also not trained very well. Certainly yes. not as an aromatherapist. They're not aromatherapists. You don't have to become a certified aromatherapist. Let's debunk that right, right now. If you want to become certified, the reason I became certified is because I really wanted to make this part of my profession. I came from the fragrance industry. I wanted to go more towards wellness. So mm -hmm. I had to really understand the ins and outs of how essential oils can support you. And now I teach. So I enjoy mm -hmm. that teaching. I don't sell right. products. I don't sell essential oils. I'm all about teaching and educating people because there's so much crap on, on the internet. Right. And I just want people to understand the truth. And I, and I think a lot of it you can give away for free. And mm -hmm. that's why I have so many resources on my website because I think there's just general things people should know. But mm -hmm. I also have a course if you're interested in just learning proper use of essential oils. I have a free intro to essential oils class. Even wow. I want people to get that resource for free because there's just such bad information out there. Um, right. So that's available too. Uh, but, and then if you want to go further, then I have some things where you have to pay a little bit of something. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. Um, but my point is that 
you can't just listen to people that tell you, use this for that. You know, it's not a pill that's going to give you this. And it's not right. going to give it to you right away. That's for sure. Right. This is about using it every day to support you. Today's Perfume 101 is on a note that is very common in fragrance. You probably have it in some of the ones you wear. Pettigrain. You know it, you love it, but what the heck is it? Spoiler alert, it is from a tree that gives us two other very popular fragrance notes. If you guessed the bitter orange tree, ding, ding, ding. Pettigrain is an essential oil that is extracted from the leaves and the twigs of the bitter orange tree. We need to pay proper homage to the bitter orange tree. Maybe that should have been my perfume juice today. That tree gives us narrowly orange blossom and pettigrain. So if they all have like the same sort of base, here's how I would differentiate the three from each other. I think orange blossom goes a little bit more indolic, a little bit more floral, think like jasmine-like. Narrowly goes a little bit more green, think stemmy. And pettigrain is even greener and a little bit less sweet than narrowly, which is a little bit less sweet than orange blossom. Now back to the episode. So you mentioned you came from the fragrance world and that you worked at Furminish. What I'm curious what your background was when you were at Furminish. Yeah, so I um I worked not in the fine fragrance area cuz I was in New Jersey, not in New York. So in New Jersey is where body and home care is. Mm -hmm. So I worked on um mostly on shampoos and deodorants and then later on I worked a little bit in air care and also in home care. So mm -hmm. I worked you know on the your pine salt scents, your Clorox uh -huh. bleach, you know, all kinds of different, I love which doesn't sound as sexy as fine yeah. fragrance, but I can tell you, I learned so much about the value yeah. of, of scents and how people in their everyday life, they're drawn to certain products simply because of their scent, because let's 100%. be clear, every body wash will clean you. Right. Not where the value is. The value is in investing in the scent and you choosing a body wash based on the scent because you're going to assume it's going to help you. It's going to clean mm -hmm. your body. Right. You don't right. need to. You're just flushing it down the drain. If you're spending a lot of money on some technology to help clean your body, <laughs> it's not going right. to right. make a difference. So it's all about right. the scent. That's interesting, too, because I feel like talking about scent association, a lot of people hate wearing specifically lemon fragrances, lemon perfumes, mm. because they complain that they smell like pine saw, but they smell like a cleaning product. Yes. And it's like, what came first, the lemon or the pine saw? Like lemon is a note that historically became a sign of cleanliness. And thus it became a scent that got really heavily used in cleaning products. Yes. No, it's, it's such an important point because again, think about it. It's your, your scent memories are formed when you're young. So chances right. are Somebody, you know, your parents, your mom, your dad, whoever, you had, somebody was cleaning in your home and you were already smelling that stuff, even as a little toddler walking around. So right. your association with lemon, with in some cases with orange, with a lot mm -hmm. of these citruses, with the pine scent is associated with cleaning. And then if you, if you have it in any other category, it just doesn't work for you because right. your, your scent memories are so strong. It's really hard to overcome. And I know I worked with brands that were trying to cross that. They were trying to come from home care and bring those scents into a body wash or a soap mm -hmm. or even shampoo. Can't do it. Yeah. Well, I also have recently seen the trend of home care products trying to make 
you know, like after bathroom sprays that smell like bougie. Like I saw, I think it was Febreze. They came out with this like yes. sandalwood something and people on, you know, on TikTok and on the internet were saying like, this smells like Lilabo Santal 33, but it's like a Febreze bottle. And it's like this woody, like, I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting cross. I think it's probably easier for them to get a sandalwood than for like someone to get like a pine salt perfume. Yes. There's always a trickle down effect. So what right. you'll find is whatever works in fine fragrance, the first mm-hmm. place they'll trickle it down to is air care. And Febreze is a form of air care, right? Oh, I mean, it's you're, yeah. you're, you're spraying it on surfaces, but then it's, you know, disseminating in the air. So it becomes an air care product really. So mm-hmm. they're going to look and see what's working in fine fragrance. What do people mm-hmm. enjoy in mm-hmm. their, I don't know, even their renews it or whatever plug-in they might use or what candles right. they might scent um, in their homes. And they're going to trickle that down and say, okay, let's, let's use those notes. Let's use those impressions and put it mm-hmm. in our home care products. And have you ever seen, you know, working in the fragrance world, have you ever seen the reverse where like a fine fragrance was inspired by a home care product or it's usually oh, not? It's the done case? too. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It can be done. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's rare, but yeah, they'll take it wherever they can. Everybody's looking for new inspiration. So now it's much more circular. It used to be just fine fragrance trickle down and it could Mm -hmm. be this most subtle trickle down. It doesn't have to be like everything had to smell, but I think the one that you mentioned, um, what did you, you just mentioned Lalabo. Yeah. And Lalabo. Yeah. Hugely popular or Abercrombie and Fitch. Sometimes I think that scent everybody wanted and everything because people love the smell of that stuff. So right, right. whatever people love, they think it's an easy, (laughs) easy one. It's not always. Some people are like, what? I don't want this to smell like, uh, you know, my cologne or (laughs) so I think they, they don't always get it right, but they do try. Yeah. So I feel like we've talked a good amount about like the aroma therapy aspect. I'm really interested in the smell training aspect of people who don't have a sense of smell. How do you teach someone who either doesn't have a sense of smell or has lost their sense of smell to smell. Okay. So I want to, I'm so glad you want to talk about this because I think everybody who loves fragrance. And I was, like I said, I was around people who smelled every day, all day. I didn't even know people weren't able to smell. I didn't even know about the anosmia world. I mean, I don't know when you found out about it, but it took me a long time to realize that there are people who can't smell. And it was way before COVID too. I mean, COVID, I think got people to realize, oh my God, I could actually lose my sense of smell. So Mm -hmm. please know that there are people who've never had a sense of smell, just like people Mm -hmm. who have never been able to to see or hear Mm -hmm. or whatever, just same thing. People have never smelled. So what people don't realize is that somebody who's never smelled in their life, who's a congenital nosmic, will have Mm -hmm. a completely different interpretation than somebody who's lost their sense of smell. That's somebody Mm -hmm. who has smelled in the past and is mourning the loss of smell mm-hmm. because they don't have it anymore. And they probably took it for granted and didn't really even think about it, that their food used to taste good because mm-hmm. smell is, you know, your flavor is, and what you eat is 80% from your sense of smell. So you suddenly you only have 20%. All you, inter- all you experience is salt, sweet, sour, bitter, and umami. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really difficult. So, um, Sorry, what was your question again? <laughs> no, I, just I mean, people just to understand that there's different kinds of smell loss. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I think right now it it feels very top of mind because so many people have uh, had their smell sense mm. of smell impacted by COVID. But um, that was something too that when I started creating fragrance content, 
I would have people commenting being like, I've never smelled before and I really enjoy listening to your descriptions. And it really got me thinking like, gosh, I wonder if my descriptions, you know, people said that they, it resonates with them, but I, I wonder like, what the, what does that mean for, for someone who doesn't have a sense of smell? Yes. So what it means is that if you describe your, your fragrances using standard perfumery descriptive words, Mm-hmm. It's kind of abstract and as far as I'm concerned, exactly. old fashioned. I agree. <laughs> so I one totally of the things agree. that I do every Friday on my Instagram, I do a Friday scent description and I cool. do it using all five of my senses. Mm-hmm. So I'll take something and, and describe it based on smell, taste, sight, sound, even temperature um, mm-hmm. and texture. And so the feel. And it allows the community, because I've got a lot of people who can't smell, who've never smelled, and it allows them to experience the scent without experiencing the scent, if you know what I mean. Right. Because they can imagine what something, they know what something feels like. They know what something looks like and all that. So I encourage anybody, if you come across somebody, especially who's never been able to smell, Mm -hmm. to see if you can try to describe smells for them, not using smell words. (laughs) Right, which is going right. to be really hard. It's really hard for people. It's hard for me still because it it, it's an exercise. You have to just keep practicing it and practice mm-hmm. it all the time. But it's really fun. Yeah. I, I, when I do videos and I try and explain, I started a video series where I explain notes that people often, you know, like reference of like, oh, this smells like orange blossom. This smells like uh, narrowly. This smells like this. And it's like, unless you are literally trained in these scents and you are smelling vials of, of the raw ingredient, what does it mean? And to say that something smells like, you know, heliotropine or whatever this specific yes, thing is, you yes. have to explain what that smells like. Does it smell almondy? Does it smell sticky? Does it smell like I, I describe um, oak moss as having I, someone recently asked me what oak moss is and what does it smell like? And based on what you were saying about like the way that the other senses and yes. how they impact you, what how you describe it. I think of oak moss as smelling like the sound zzz. Like I think yeah, I oak love moss that. has a zzz to it. And I was actually just talking about that. And I don't know if that like resonates with you, but whenever I smell a fragrance with a strong oak moss note, it always has zzz to me. I think that's perfect. And you know yeah. what, if you've never smelled oak moss, you can probably imagine because at the end of the day, your senses are about a feeling you have an right. experience, like a physical experience you have. So right. smell is part of that, but so are your other senses. So if you can describe a smell through your other four senses and then a feeling, I think a lot more people can, can kind of engage in that. And I love that. Right. Say you're working with someone who did lose their sense of smell, but once had it. What's mm-hmm. like a typical um, exercise that you would, you know, get them started with to get it back or to regain some element of it? One thing I encourage, if, if you are listening and you had COVID and you lost your sense of smell and you still don't have it back, the research is now showing, because we have a year and a half worth of data now, mm-hmm. is that 80% of the people will regain their sense of smell, probably not fully, but, you know, gradually fully, mm-hmm. <laughs> but in, in within four weeks. So people panic for four weeks and then there's kind of a turning point where the olfactory neurons go, oh yeah, I don't know. I, I recognize smells again. So mm-hmm. it, it, it kind of takes a turn, but there's 20% of people who still don't recover their sense of smell. Mm-hmm. And it's the first year that's so important to practice smell training, to actually actively smell things. That's when smell training is really helpful is when you, when you have it within a year. 
And it's hard for people. There's an emotional aspect to losing your sense of smell. Again, remember you've lost something, right? You're mourning it. You're like, what the hell is going on in this world that I'm living in? Because suddenly nothing makes sense anymore. It's like going from technicolor to black and white. It's devastating. Uh, Yeah. Yes, it's devastating. And so people are not always in the emotional space to say, okay, I'm going to smell four jars because the idea is in smell training is to smell jars, four different odors Mm -hmm. twice a day, every day for Mm -hmm. as long as it takes until you start to identify an odor Mm -hmm. and you're able to recognize what that odor is. So one thing is just recognize, you know, identifying anything. There's a smell there. There's a scent. There's an odor. Mm -hmm. That's one part. And the second part is to say, oh yeah, that's rose. That's lemon. That's whatever, you know, is Mm -hmm. in that jar. Mm -hmm. And that's a process. And people are not keen on just doing that every day because it's work. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like having to jog or (laughs) something. It's, it's, it's training, literally it's training for your nose. And so what, what I do with people is I, um, I have a program once a quarter where I get people to make it a habit to just really practice doing it, to get over the mental hurdles, get the right mindset, mm-hmm. anchor it to some habits so that you're more likely to do it. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, I mean, I, I know Emma, you and I, we can smell. So when we open a jar and we smell, mm-hmm. we smell something. Right. But if you've lost your sense of smell, you're not smelling anything and you're supposed to do it for 20 seconds. And you're like, why am I doing this? It's depressing. It's like, this isn't going to work anyway. So there's so much involved. And, you know, there's two wonderful organizations, Fifth Sense UK Mm -hmm. and Absent. They're both in England. Um, There's a new organization that's formed here in the U.S. now called STANA, the Smell and Taste Association of North America, but they're just getting up and running. So I, I would still encourage you to reach out. It doesn't matter where they're located. They just happen to be located in the UK, but connect with them to get initial information. You're not alone. There's tons of people out there because it can be mm-hmm. very lonely. Other people don't understand um, when you've lost your sense of smell. They're like, come on, you can smell. What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> and they just like, don't no. believe you. And that's right. so frustrating when people don't believe right. you. Right. And then when you're ready, when you're in a good mental space where you're like, I want to do something about this because I know my olfactory neurons can work again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think this is going to be permanent. Um, then seek out smell training, like really go for smell training. You were talking about um, like smelling spicy and umami and acidic. And is that something, you know, is that something that you that people w- with hindered sense of smell can usually detect like what category it is, but not what it is? Like, do you think if you're smelling, you know, maybe if you have, if your sense of smell has been impacted and you can't differentiate a lemon from an orange from a grapefruit, do you yeah. feel, do, you can't, can you sense the acidity or it's, it's like a whole. Yes. So what you're getting is just the sourness of the grapefruit, mm-hmm. but, you know, and maybe the sweetness of the orange. Mm-hmm. But if, if they were to be blindfolded, they couldn't even tell you what's what. What, wow. what, what they work with then is something called your trigeminal nerve. Mm-hmm. So that's where like the spicy peppers, you know, when something mm-hmm. really like there's a bite in your mouth yeah. where you're just mm-hmm. like, wow, that pepper really hit me. Yeah. So what happens is people who've lost their sense of smell or who've never had it, they tend to go for spicier foods or things where they actually have an experience in their mouth. Or they'll, right. you know, a good thing to do is go for textures, go for crunchy things, go Just for to feel something. Yes. Because yeah. food is about an experience, right? Eating is an experience right. and you don't want to get depressed when you eat. So the whole goal is to create more experiences, get crunchy lettuce, 
Mm-hmm. Just stay healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Have carrots, have things mm-hmm. that give you some kind of feeling in your mouth. Now, there's another thing that I have to mention. It's called parosmia. So that's mm-hmm. once you start to recover your sense of smell, especially with those who had COVID, um, what they'll experience is they'll start to sense something again, but it's all distorted smells. Mm-hmm. And that is actually more depressing than not having any smell. When mm-hmm. you have parosmia, Everything tastes like garbage. It mm-hmm. smells like garbage. Mm-hmm. Things that you used to love the smell of, no longer. It just it's you're living in a world of just ugly smells, and it can be really, really challenging. And it's a huge mental health crisis. And I always encourage people to you know get in touch with a mental health professional. I mean, do not people are suicidal because it's truly that challenging and that difficult. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of people, especially on Instagram, I'm sure on TikTok too, who are really um, there for you, who can ex- who are going through it themselves right now. There's a whole community out there to mm-hmm. support each other. Just know that you're not alone if you mm-hmm. are experiencing any of these things. There are people who are facing the exact same things as you, who are there to support you. There's tons of Facebook groups about it. Mm-hmm. So reach out. Don't be alone, whatever right. you do. Your immediate family, your friends, they probably won't understand it. Is that something too that's somewhat temporary or is that like some people that's the, that's the end of their recovery? No. So that's a good sign actually. If you have parosmia and you have distorted mm-hmm. sense of smell, but it can take it well over a year. Mm-hmm. It really takes time. And the key is to grind through it, to keep eating the foods that you loved as much as you can. At the beginning, it's incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. And then what I find with those who I talk to who have prosmia is that over time, their olfactory neurons will start to register things properly again and tell their brain, no, this is actually, you know, something, this is actually an avocado, or this is actually, you know, whatever right. the food it is that you're eating, it, they, it, the brain starts to make the proper connections again. But wow. it's a slow grind and wow. you just have to be persistent. Know you're not alone and just muddle through because there, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You will eventually smell things normally again. I mean, I think that that gives a lot of listeners hope who are experiencing something similar. I've seen a, a lot of videos um, online of people talking exactly about, I don't know the name for it, but just like, you know, taking a sip of diet Coke and like spitting it out the window yeah. and being like, this tastes like rotten garbage or like yes. people describe things as like rotting flesh smell, like things that just yes. sound absolutely horrible to experience. Yeah. And I just, yeah. And, I, and then I, they stop eating, right? Because yeah. you don't want, or you stop going out because you're not enjoying anything. It takes and the joy just, out of things. Yeah. It takes the joy out of life. Smelling is is a, a, is a is joy. joy really and we well, should so those of us who can smell we need to <laughs> yes we need to it. and that is why fragrance and scent is so important yes. if you have this um sense if you're privileged enough to have a full sense of smell use it to the best of your advantage that's exactly what this aromatherapy is making the most of what you're able to do and using it to your advantage and to yes. your health and your wellness And with that, I want to transition to just more personal stuff about you. I mean, we talked briefly about like the smells of your childhood. I I always like talking about different periods in people's lives. Like, Mm -hmm. is there, is there any scent that you associate with a, like a place you lived in a particular time in your life or like a decade, like, you know, your teens or your (laughs) twenties or your thirties or anything like that? Oh my God. That's a hard one. I think why it's so challenging for me is because for Mm -hmm. so much of my adult life, I was 
in the fragrance industry. So I was right. constantly smelling so many things. So I apologize. That's why it's so challenging for me. There's nothing. Right. I mean, I think one smell that just defines so much of what I did for a long period of time is the smell of pine saw, unfortunately. No, no, no. I should take that back. It's, it's again, it's apple. If you apple. ever smell all the shampoos on the market, they all have an apple note. Because <laughs> that that's, that's what yes. sells. That's what sells. And it started with uh, herbal essences. Clara, I, I was essences. just thinking that, that was yeah. that fruity scent and that it did really well. I think it was probably because of the commercial. It was kind mm-hmm. of a, you know, you got sexual, the urge for herbal. Yeah. Yeah. Or there's this, the first one I think was like somebody kind of like uh, Harry meets Sally <laughs> when Harry met yeah. Sally, kind of that, like that orgasmic, oh, I the yeah. shower experience when you're washing your hair. And so that's what people associate it with, but it was really an apple note. And that's thread through so many things, Bath and Body Works. Right. <laughs> if you like any of those things. Everything. Sorry, yeah. I'm revealing all kinds of industry secrets here. You've really unlocked a memory of like, I've got the urge for yes. herbal. And it's like, in another half an hour, I'll be out <laughs> of the shower. Okay, sorry. I just remembered that entire commercial and I didn't yes. realize I did. Yeah. Oh, so it's, it's, it's not only my Apple memory from when I was a kid, but it's just, it's ingrained in so many of our products here in the U.S. Wow. Yeah. Is there any, um, with all the work that you did in, in shampoo and personal care, are there any shampoos or conditioners that you're like, this is the best, like when you're just like, that is a good one. Um, not the mass market. Not in the mass market. We've got to go go niche. (laughs) We've got to go niche. No, I just get so bored with them because they're all the same. So I'm always seeking out more interesting, different things now. And that tends yeah. to be actually more in the, the um, niche natural space, I think, because mm. people are more, there's more you can do with the natural scent. I mean, people could do more with the synthetics, quite honestly, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. synthetics. You can go anywhere. You can create any kind of smell you want, which right. you can't in, in naturals. But right. there's this Italian brand called Owe, which I love. Mm-hmm. It's probably organic way, but it's just called Owe. Beautiful, beautiful products. <laughs> Oh, love their, okay. their sense. How do we, so. inquiring minds want to know, how do you spell that? And like, o, can I look? I'm gonna, like yeah. O-W-A-Y. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to O-W-A-Y. I think you can only get it at certain salons, unfortunately. Luckily, yeah. my salon carries it. And maybe if you order it through Italy. <laughs> I don't know. They might have, New York might have a lot of um, salons that carry it. I don't know. I really enjoy um, like minty aromatic shampoos and conditioners, like a eucalyptus note, like something that feels yeah. sort of minty on your head. Do you like like Aveda, on the your... rosemary mint. I do. Yes, yes. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I'm all, I love my apples too, but there's something really nice <laughs> about something that feels like aromatic yeah. in your, when you can feel that tingling. I don't know. There's, it's well, really see, it reinforces the benefit, doesn't it? Because it makes you feel yes. like you're, 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 um, you're shampooing and, you know, you're cleaning your hair properly. It's right. It's, that the psychology of getting, all of the this. Psycholo- huge psychology. That would be another whole podcast in three, four episodes, I think. <laughs> yeah, that'll be our next episode together. We can talk about the psychology. <laughs> well, Froga, it's it's really just been fascinating to talk to you. I always end every episode doing a rapid fire smell association game. Mm, what's that smell? Just so you know, there's literally no wrong answer. It's like you could say a note, you could say a brand, you could say a place. It, it's okay. whatever the first thing that a color, anything. Okay. The first thing that comes to your mind. What is the smell of San Francisco? Patchouli. What is the smell of the weekend? Ocean breeze. 
Can you tell I'm in California? <laughs> I mean, these are, these smell better than my weekends. Mine is like exhaust pipes. What is the smell of love? The smell of love. Oh, wow. Baby skin. Do you have children? I do. And they're going off to college right now for the first time. Are, are you an empty nester? No, wow. but one lost a whole year because of COVID. So right, he stayed at right. home for a year. So they're actually going to college at the same time. A sophomore oh my gosh. freshman. But yeah. both of them, you know, so we're empty nest. Sorry. So I'm just, yeah. love to me is just the smell of baby skin and that goes yeah. on with your adults. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense because if you didn't have children and you love the smell of baby skin, it would kind of be like, <laughs> interesting. Okay. Creepy Tell me more. person who likes, <laughs> <laughs> likes to be around babies. Yes, yes. When you said that, I'm like, oh, she's 100% oh. has children. <laughs> or <laughs> she just loves babies. Yes. Okay. What is the smell of... um success? Wow. The smell of success is, I'm going to say, um, like something really opening, like here in, again, I'm in California, but like the eucalyptus trees, because it's something where you just go, ah, you know, you're right. just like, you're just happy and you're open and your breath is great. So I have to say something like eucalyptus or rosemary or something that's really, see, this is the aromatherapist in me. I'm going right to the essential oil. Sorry. No, I mean, I feel like we think in the same way of like sounds of like, ah, tss, like, yes, like, yes, I should you know, get sounds just, too. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. That sounds like that song in Chicago where it's like, psst, ah, tss, <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah. Okay. And what to, to close out this lovely informative episode, what is the smell of your home? Good question. I don't even smell it anymore because I'm in it every day, right? Spending too much time in my home. Too much time. COVID. Yeah. The smell of my home is woody and earthy and got a little bit of citrus in it. Lovely. A little That's... bit of freshness, sparkle. That's is that are you do you have like a an air care product or it's just inevitably it's me how I every day I blend three essential oils together based on my mood. Yeah. Diffuse it. And then I also take into consideration because I worked for a while in environmental scenting, so scent marketing in the sense of scenting spaces, mm -hmm. hotels retail, like apartment buildings. That's a whole other conversation I would love to talk about. Yes, yeah. because it's all about the interiors, what you see, what you feel, mm -hmm. and connecting that to scent. So connecting wow. scent to different experiences. So sorry about that. So that's a whole nother <laughs> conversation. You've opened so much uh, Pandora's box and now we need a part two to be continued. <laughs> I am so fascinated in like scentscaping or is that what they call it? Like yeah, you, scentscaping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to continue talking talking to you about that sometime. Well, Froka, it has been an absolute joy to have you on the podcast. I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to do your essential oil workshop um, and follow you. Where can they do this? So on Instagram and Facebook, I'm Falk Aromatherapy. So F-A-L-K, aromatherapy, one word. Mm -hmm. And my website is falkaromatherapy.com. Falk means feeling, awareness, life, and kindness. And you can learn more about that when you get on the website. But <laughs> okay. So it's holistic and um, it means a lot to me. So Falk Aromatherapy. And I'm not on TikTok, I'm afraid. So I'm mostly on. It's a, it's a toxic place. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, I think I would go in the rabbit holes too much if I was on TikTok. I mean, I'd just be on there for yeah. hours. It's a time suck. 
but it's fun. But it's fun, I have no it. life. So, you know, no, it's, yes, a, you do. it's a balance. Yes, you do. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been really wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I love being here. Perfume Room is edited by Wyatt Peak. Music is by Max Vernon and illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez. 